Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. The late comic George Carlin once said, When I die, I want to go where dogs go when they die. Obviously, he loved dogs. And you will, too, after watching the film Superpower Dogs, which is about rescue canines dedicated to helping keep us alive. It opens today at the St. Louis Science Center's Omnimax Theater and runs through the end of July. I sat down yesterday with Taryn Davies, the producer of Superpower Dogs, five years in the making, by the way. I began by suggesting that this film had to be the product of people who really love dogs. Well, that is absolutely right. And that somebody is my dear friend who is so obsessed about dogs and cats that they they actually established a, a, a shelter for abandoned dogs and cats where he lives, which is actually in Kenya, Africa. And there's a lot of need for that there. It was born out of his passion for dogs, no doubt, because we're making an IMAX film. So this is a hugely immersive um, experience, and we all love dogs, but he especially. Mm-hmm. But you know, my question to him when he said, I want to make a film about dogs next, is, well, okay, great, but we're making an IMAX film, and this is for the IMAX screen. And why do dogs belong on the IMAX screen? I mean, they're cute, they're cuddly, they give us yeah. love, and we love them. But why? What's so special about them? And I think that's when it dawned on him that I really knew nothing. Well, <laughs> you learned an awful lot during the course of this filming because you were all over the world, really. Well, well, that was right. So, you know, we, so we put it to him, prove it to us. Why do dogs belong on the IMAX screen? Why, why does this make sense for an audience to come and see them in, in, at the St. Louis Science Center? And he took us around the world. And we, we, we started in Kenya, where he is from, and where bloodhounds are being used today to help to protect elephant and rhino. We went to the Italian Riviera and met Newfoundlands, who were on the front line of water rescue. Uh, we were in British Columbia uh, um, meeting some amazing avalanche rescue dogs. Um, and that's when we began to realize, goodness, this is, no, this is no joke here. I mean, these dogs really have superpowers. Let's, let's start at the beginning. It begins with the, uh, the uh, discovery of Little Halo, a dog who was a, uh, what, uh, what was the breed? I've just had a... A, a, Dutch, blank, a Dutch Shepherd. A Dutch Shepherd, yeah. And um, what I found interesting about that part of the film was that this was the runt of the litter, mm-hmm. and yet this was a dog that was going to be prepared for a very, very big job. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about Halo. Well, this is really... Um, um, superpower dogs is at heart a hero's journey and halo is our hero and um you know what's so amazing about this is this is a true story we didn't make it up but we we followed a fire captain and i kid you not her name is cat um she's called cat labrada and she's with the uh, miami dade uh, firehouse in florida and she's looking for a new partner it's just that it's a four-legged partner because it's part of the canine unit. And she's already had a few partners before. And think about how tough that is because, you know, of a dog's life and so on. So she's, she gets the strength to, to, to go out and look for a new partner. And we uh, get invited along and we come and um, meet Halo. And well, actually, we didn't know at that point she was going to be called Halo. Uh, but several uh, pups. And Cat was looking 
for the dog who had the highest play drive, but that was focused. And, and that even if there were noises and she made noises and there was all sorts of stuff going on, but that, but, but that the dog that she wanted to pick had to keep coming back to her, showed that this dog has focus, that this dog is super energetic, but it has focus. And that's the characteristic that she was looking for in this litter. And it just turned out that it was this pup. And we see on camera uh, a cat making the decision that this is the one that she's going to choose, and then she names that dog Halo. And we also see on camera a large part of the training that uh, she and Halo go through. Uh, very intense. This is not something that is handled in a, in a day or two. This most certainly isn't. It, it's, it's a life's uh, work. And often these uh, fire captains and other disaster response professionals, of which there are many here in Missouri and around the country, every state in the United States has these task, these task forces. Most of them have canine units. Mm -hmm. And uh, the training goes on for the entire life of the dog. But we followed Cat and Halo from when Halo was a puppy uh, through until, well, she's now about three and a half. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the film Superpower Dogs has just come out. So we've been filming her for three years. And it's the, so it's the story of, it's a life's journey. And we watch Halo transform from a puppy. And, to, and what we are looking to find out is does she have what it takes to become essentially a superhero alongside Cat to form a team that can save lives in a disaster, uh, whether it be a hurricane, a tornado, a mudslide, or a terrorist attack. No guarantee during the time that the dog was being trained that it was going to make it. Also, it ended with a, with a pretty uh, difficult test. Well, uh, this was one of the risks as filmmakers that, uh, that we took, yeah. particularly when you're making an IMAX uh, film. So, you know, the cameras and the team and so on is, um, is very significant. Um, and and we, we didn't know what was going to happen. It's a now, and I don't necessarily want to give away what happens no. because that's at the heart of what a documentary is, but this is a live action documentary where we see really extraordinary drama on this journey. Maybe we should stop for a moment and just explain to our listeners why the IMAX process is so difficult and why it was risky for you in a sense to, uh, to take on this project. So when you're, when you're making an IMAX film, and that's what we sort of specialize um, um, at doing my team and I, um, you, you are using really the highest quality camera technology available with the goal of creating this incredible immersive experience that you can enjoy on an Omnimax screen. And why is this important? Because, because it gives you an experience that you literally can't otherwise have. Now, most of us, when we think of IMAX, we think of traveling to space or underwater trenches in the ocean. This is just a little bit different. And, it, and, and but, but, but the goal of this film in part is, is that when you see it, we think we know our dog. But when you see this film, I challenge you to say, we're never going to look at our best friend the same way again. One of the things that has always fascinated me about dogs, and it's certainly brought out in your film, is this remarkable sense of smell that they have, which is so critical for uh, any role they might play in terms of uh, providing some sort of service. 
just incredibly uh, sensitive noses. This is at the heart of their superpowers. Um, uh, and, and, and really why the film is called Superpower Dogs is the sense of smell. And when you combine that, as we talked about earlier, with a, with a dog that has a powerful play drive and focus, then, then humans and dogs can work together to do extraordinary things. And now that could be to save the life of someone trapped in rubble where a dog has to be trained to find the person in the rubble that she cannot see. So there might be scores of people standing around on top of the rubble, but she's got to look for the scent of the person that no one can see. And she's got to go there first. And it's so important, the work that they do in that regard, that you will rely on your dog to clear an area in a disaster. And once that area is cleared by that dog, you move on. That's how important the training is. But this use, this power of the, of the nose, um, we explore in many of our different sort of hero characters. So uh, take, for example, Tipper and Tony, who are two bloodhound brothers who work in, um, in, uh, in Kenya right now, are on the front line of helping to protect elephant and rhino. And what's so amazing about them is that they can, uh, they are literally the best noses in the business. Um, and their capacity for smell is such that they can track down uh, 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 poachers over hundreds of miles. That's basically how they're used, is, uh, is to track down yes, the bad guys. The bad guys, but or you could have, for example, in California, there's a wonderful pup, which is not in our film, but an example of the amazing work that they do, who tracks down whales uh, over the ocean by following their scat. That's poop, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are so many different ways, you know, avalanche rescue dogs who can find people buried up to under 15 feet of snow. Um, uh, these are just some of the many different ways that the, and as we all know, whether you go to your local football stadium or elsewhere, dogs are increasingly being used to protect us from, from the threat of bombs. Yeah, and of course they're used by the police to scent drugs and that, uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, you point out in your film they can also sense fear. Ah, well, now, this is where we get to, to um, a part of the film that really is very special. And you're referring to the powers of a, um, a dog called Ricochet. Ricochet uh, is a California surf legend. But that's the trick. What's the real, you know, meaningful purpose of Ricochet's work? Well, that is to transform the lives of kids with uh, autism and to help uh, um, soldiers with post-traumatic stress. And we in Superpower Dogs have a sequence which sort of celebrate this remarkable power of Ricochet to be able to identify when someone is in distress and come to that person um, and be with them and help to calm them and to say to that person, I've got your back. And literally they are trained um, to to have your back. And as far as I understand, and I'm not an expert, um, but any, uh, any service dog paired with a veteran suffering from post-traumatic stress, that veteran has gone on to live a happy, full life. The power of the dog to communicate love uh, is, is best expressed in that sort of relationship. 
this is not in your film, but I'm sure you've seen a video of returning vets are being reunited with their dogs after having been separated. That is some of the most emotional kind of video you can ever watch. There's, these reunions are just so, so dramatic. There are, uh, there's uh, one, yes, absolutely that. And there's one dog uh, that in Japan of which there are statues of him everywhere who after his master died for three years afterwards, every morning would, would, would walk to the train station and then wait for his master to return every day for three years. Uh, and they now have statues. That again, it's the power of love. Yeah, the, the, it reminds me of a, of a, a famous photograph of a dog who has lost its master, the master has been buried, and the shot is of the dog on the grave, just trying to be as close to it as possible, to yes. the master as possible. Yes. One other thing I, I wanted to uh, bring up before we uh, have to end this, and that is, it's pointed out uh, in, in your film very clearly that the, the way to really train a dog is to use a toy. They react very, very uh, clearly to the play. Play is an important part of the training process, is what I'm trying to say. So, absolutely, um, part of the reward, um, and this is all, by the way, about positive reinforcement, yeah. which is a whole other theme of this film, which is there's no, these dogs, whether they're working for the NYPD K-9 unit or um, uh, Florida Task Force One, it's all about positive reinforcement. There's no punishment nonsense mm -hmm. going on here. We, we, we've reached a whole new wonderful modern uh, age, and it is about play. These dogs are doing all of this work. They're going out to save lives all so they can get their treat. Yeah. And, and so they develop a passion for a particular tug toy and will go out and, and do the training necessary all so that it can play with its human partner with that tug toy. Mm -hmm. Well, Taryn, I, as you uh, indicated early on, if people watch this film, they're never going to look at a dog uh, the same way again. It's just, it's remarkable. As I t also said to you, uh, a tear was rolling down my cheek as I watched uh, the, the end of your film. Well, we're, we're so excited to bring it here to uh, St. Louis. Um, we're excited for a number of reasons. Number one, most important, is the fact that if you bring your kids along to this film, they will be shouting for Halo. They will be cheering and excited. And it's just the most amazing shared experience you can imagine. And we're also excited because this is, and if you will allow me, the hometown of one of our um, amazing sponsors who helped to bring this project into being, and that is Yukonuba. And so we're here to celebrate it with them tonight. Um, but most importantly, we, we hope to celebrate it with as many of you all here in St. Louis who would be um, willing to come along and have a doggy good time. Viewers should be reminded, parents, that they might have to make a trip to the Humane Society after watching your film. This is true. There's no, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. And actually, Chris Evans, our narrator, um, speaks to that at, at, at the end of the film. And that is Captain America, for those of you who don't know. Thanks to Taryn Davies, producer of Superpower Dogs. It opens today at the St. Louis Science Center's Omnimax Theater and runs through the end of July. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.